the way life used to be, it blows my mind looking back now because I just felt like I was living on airplane mode and I was trying to just get through the day. And like, again, because with the old therapy that I was doing, the image was right at the forefront of my mind. All I was focusing on, not binging, not binging, not binging, not binging. And then it would occur. And now I fast forward, I fast tracked to now. And it's like, I eat like majority very clean because it makes me feel good and because I actually enjoy the way I look I enjoy the way I feel and like life actually gets to be fucking good hi I'm Veronica Jane and welcome to this isn't me podcast ever found yourself in a moment where you look at your life and realize this isn't me Maybe it was you in the past and it's not you anymore. Sharing powerful stories of breakthroughs and transformation. Practical and playful, scientific and spiritual. Right and wrong left at the door. It's a many sizes fit all situation. Full of imperfection and messiness. Sharing, asking questions with authentic, vulnerable conversations. This isn't me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of This Isn't Me podcast. I'm so excited to be back doing season three. And the first guest that I'm recording with, doesn't necessarily mean the first one I launch because I have some from previous seasons, is Ronnie Curry. It's like you're on a game show. Come on down. You have won a million dollars. Oh, you can get a million. It's like whatever. It's coming in. Introduce yourself, girl. Tell me all about you. Tell them all about you. As V just said, my name is Rani Curry. So I am a past personal trainer who is now transitioning into the NLP space and wanting to work with people specifically who have battled eating disorders, which is something that we will discuss on this episode. It is a really beautiful topic for me and it's really beautiful to see how people can scale outside of that so from PT going into NLP that's predominantly why I got into it and just help people overall be a better version of themselves and just show up better yes yeah I love that like when I think back to my beginning of my transformation journey really it did start physically because I had all these beliefs about what I could look like and what I could feel like and I found so much value in creating movement and creating those feel-good feelings within my body hormonally and it was also evidence to watch my body change like when I first stepped into physical training and strength-based I could barely I don't think I could do a full push-up and by the end of a challenge that I was doing I ended up winning the challenge which I hadn't even pictured and I could do 33 full push-ups and I was just like what and then from there it was just like a shattering of what's possible for myself like what do I believe I can do and if I put in the work what else is possible yeah I love that I love that so much and I think that for me being a personal trainer right now as well as transitioning into NLP is that people come and they have all of these um I'm not going to say they're always unrealistic because that's a massive generalization however People come and want to see these huge results and it's not necessarily about how you actually look. It's about how you think and how you think and you think, sorry, and feel Mm -hmm. in that that you want, right? So if someone wants to lose like 10, 15, 20 kilos, whatever, it's not necessarily about how they visually look. It's how they can imagine what they would feel like in that body. And they think that losing this weight is going to make them more confident, have self-love, have self-worth. 
And I can say that because that was me. Mm. That was for the longest time. I went through, I couldn't even tell you how many dieting phases, like mm. constantly yo-yo up and down, up and down, up and down. And even if I would get to the quote unquote desired result or outcome or physique, I would still feel like shit. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing, Isn't right? That- like I look back, so I've really let myself add a little more weight back to my body over the last year and a half because I left like a trauma response lifestyle where I was just living in cortisol and adrenaline in really unhealthy relational dynamics, hating my career, really negative mindset. Yet my body looked great. Like I was ripped. I had testosterone coursing through my body. Like you can still see remnants of my strength. Like I had a flatter stomach and I've gained some of it back to like soften to learn to live outside of cortisol and adrenaline, to be in flow, to feel that freedom of ease and, and juiciness of the feminine energy and the feminine body. Like we're designed to be smooshy a little, you know? Mm-hmm. And then learning to love that body and being able to look and go, well, who told me I was supposed to look like that? Society and ex-partners and things. And then when did I decide that I couldn't feel great in this type of body? And how do I create a body that looks and feels great to me? And what are my beliefs about it? Like, and how do, who do I, how do I care about what others believe and how do I let that impact my choices and how I feel? Yeah, I really can relate to that. So for the longest time for me, I only had self-love. And again, I'm doing quotations because it wasn't self-love of where I would be lean. And I'm actually, I can really relate to you in that, in that sense of, I was constantly just fucking dieting. And I was, I actually have this conversation when clients want to lose weight and we have conversations around why what is it about it? Because it's not just weight loss. There's underlying reasons. Yeah. What's the purpose? What are you making it mean? How are you, what are you earning through that? Right. Yeah, literally. And when I, even when I ask the question, sometimes I think about it and I'm like, fuck, I actually could not think of anything worse right now than dieting. Like I actually enjoy having love food. I love food. (laughs) There's like, there's no restriction anymore. And for me, pretty much my whole life was restriction. Mm. So now that I'm actually, I'm allowed and it's okay for me to eat food, whatever I want, whenever I want in moderation, there's no like urge to binge anymore. And that's what I used to have because I was constantly being in like, my body was under stress. My head was under stress. And it was like, I couldn't juggle everything in my mind. It was either be present for my business Mm. relationship or diet. And I chose business and relationship. It was like full next level. It was like, it's this or it's that at that point in my life. And I couldn't learn how to do both. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think like, there's so many, and from the, like, there's so many people with with limiting beliefs where they've gone, if then that, um, essentially it's a complex equivalence, right? You've made something mean something else. It's the stories you create for yourself. And so when I look at that for people and I'm like, wait, is this actually serving you? Like at one point in your life, perhaps this was a coping mechanism that worked, or this is a story someone else gave you, a program someone else gave you. So when are you going to decide to discard it and create something that's sustainable for you now or serving you now? And perhaps that will change in the future, right? So I'd love to hear about for you, like tell us, take us, you've teased us a little, take us on your journey from like wherever you want to start to the woman that you are today and how you've shifted and how many times you've like unlayered the onion and found another level of who you are and who you authentically get to keep becoming. Wow. So backstory, I grew up in a, I would say a restrictive household. Like my parents are beautiful and they're very into like whole foods. Um, I'm going to say quote unquote healthy foods. Cause there's no such thing as a healthy food. It's just whether it's highly processed or it's more natural and organic. 
Um, so it was a lot of like organic food. There was not really any sugar in the house. So when I would go to friends' houses or parties or whatever, it would be like, that's what I would reach for. And I didn't really see anything wrong with it. Um, growing up as a kid, you don't really, you can't really have awareness around it. I'm like, oh, I just want it because I'm not really allowed to have it. Like, yeah. Well, it's for me, it was like sex was that, right? Because I grew up in the Christian church and it was so uh, shamed. So suddenly it had become this like perverted thing and rather than this beautiful natural thing that is part of life and a part of creation. So it's like, yeah, then I did it from the wrong reasons and in dangerous ways. The same way with food. If it's shamed, you do it from the wrong reason, for the wrong reasons, from the wrong place. And you end up hurting yourself with something that's actually beautiful. Yeah, 100%. And for me, I would like, I would eat, fuck. A whole heap of bread. I could eat a whole heap of chocolate, like blocks and blocks and blocks. And I'm like, oh, but it's just a treat. And that's how I used to look at it growing up. And I moved out of home when I turned 18 for an old job that I was doing. And I moved in with this girl and she used to bodybuild. So she had quite a good physique. She was quite lean. And I remember watching her eat like blocks of chocolate, um, ice cream and all the things. And she, her physique would just stay the same. So this was before I was a personal trainer. I understood that everyone is extremely different. Yeah. Everyone's metabolism is so different. Yeah. And I would see her eat these things and she just would not gain weight. She would still look incredible. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, well. I can do she, that. Yeah, she looks great. So we're basically the same, right? Yeah. So I can do that. And I think that's kind of where it started because I'd never really been surrounded by people with eating habits like that. And I was like, oh, well, that's just normal. And that's what people do, I guess, when I, you know, you live out of home and you have housemates. And it was around that time where I Just to clarify, she was training a lot too, though. Yes. Okay. So yeah. she had geared her so, metabolism to so, consume that yeah. much. Yeah. So she used to train a lot. She was training less. However, in total amount of calories per day, she probably would have been eating not a whole heap because I didn't usually see her eat a lot of meals. But when I did see her eat, it was usually the shit. Mm. like process stuff and I've clicked and go oh well I can do that too yeah it was around that time where I started to notice that my something's wrong with my eating patterns um I started to found like I found group fitness so I was doing strength training and cardio and I actually love strength training yeah however I had the whole thought process of I was eating shit and yet of course I was gaining weight and I was getting fat pretty fucking fast because I was eating a lot of food and it was highly processed. And I looked at it, put two and two together, the weights and the food, and I've gone, oh, it's the weights. The <laughs> makes weights sense. Made me that way. It makes sense, right? It makes sense. And it was unbelievable. I'm like, if you're just listening, um, instead of watching, our faces are being sarcastic and we're like, eh, what the fuck? Yeah. So I used to have the belief as well that I had to do cardio to lose the weight. Yeah didn't want to look at the food. Well, that's so, so interesting too, because that was me. I ran a half marathon a couple of times. I was like running away from my problems too, right? Like I just like, cardio is easy. I can just run. So I could run away from my problems. I can shut my quiet, like, well, what I was doing was ruminating and I don't have to actually acknowledge some more significant changes that might take more commitment. Mm, so stopping the weight classes was the easy option. And I thought in my head that that would work. Um, and obviously it didn't, I fucking hated the cardio class, but I was like, I was taught, I was actually punishing myself yeah. for eating and then I'd exercise and it was just constant cycle. And when I would mm. eat, I would do it to, I used to say to fill a void and I never used to understand what that void was. I had been in and out of like, um, seeing psychiatrists from ages 14 to, I would say maybe 19. 
Um, and the last time that I'd seen them was for my eating disorder. So I eventually got diagnosed. So we seeked help. I opened up to my mom first about it. Um, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like my body weight is like flying through the roof. Um, I was still exercising, but I couldn't understand why I wasn't losing the weight because in my mind I was doing the things that you do in order to lose weight. Yeah. So we made the call to outsource and I had a personal trainer. However, she couldn't really help me with nutrition because that's kind of, it's a gray area. We can give guidance, but I can't tell you what you should and shouldn't really be yeah. doing. Um, and we outsourced and I saw a psychiatrist and I, rem- I remember it like it was yesterday. And she gave me this piece of paper and it was like um, binge eating disorder, like criteria. And it was like all these questions. And it was like, um, do you do X, Y, Z sometimes, often or always? And I just remember ticking them, all of them for always. And I remember looking at it going like, fuck okay well now what and the lady pretty much just said okay cool so you're diagnosed with binge eating disorder and I'm sitting here like so like what does that mean I'm eight I think I was 18 at the time and I had no idea what that meant what I'm supposed to do Mm. and basically I got um referred to see a a psych and clinical therapy has its place Mm. however it was not for me and it didn't necessarily, I would say, work. However, I also wasn't putting in. Yeah, it's such a dance, isn't it? Like, because I love those sorts of things to bring awareness, right? So my partner and I often talk about things like ADHD labels and things. And it's like getting a map is not the territory, right? Getting a map for making sense of your experience, your behavior can be great. If you just then latch onto a new identity and forget that you get to change, is it helpful? So like labeling someone with something and then just leaving them in the work go figure it out. And then also the element of like, yeah, does psychotherapy work? It depends on how it's being done. Is it from compassion and love? Is it connected? Is there relationship? Is there change work? Is there new patterning? Or is it just discussing everything and going back into the past and living there? Yeah. So it was very much like the past and living there. And it wasn't, I didn't feel like I had actionable steps that I could take. I found that with psychotherapy often I'd go back in, in even cognitive behavioral therapy that I was engaged in probably about a decade ago now. It was just like, and even a few years ago, it was just like, tell me about your dad. Tell me about your childhood. And there was lots of beautiful things occurring into my awareness. And then we didn't know, they didn't tell me what to do with them. There was no strategies or work with the unconscious mind. It was just like, I'd find something and then be like, fuck. And then be like, okay, so I guess I'm more fucked up than I thought rather than being able to reframe it, change the narrative, release the emotions, change the beliefs. It was like beautiful self-awareness work and then nothing done with it. It was just kind of like giving you here, you know, here's your disorder. Here's your disease. For me, it was like, here's your sad story. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. And like, just don't, don't be sad anymore. I was like, huh? What? (laughs) And for me, it was like, Instead of it being, don't be sad. It was like, just don't eat as much. Yeah. And it's really not that fucking simple. It's really not. And I actually got given, I can't remember what the pills were called, but I got given these like tablets to take that would reduce my um, appetite because that was definitely supposed Oof. to help me. That would, that would help. Um, I'm such a, when it comes to pharmaceuticals, right? Like I'm yeah. like the and best prescription is like the best medication is meditation. Like what are you doing in regards to, is it, treating the symptom or the cause like if we're just constantly treating the symptom how is that sustainable yeah so it it made me feel really nauseous I felt dizziness and in my head when I was because I've been like they've prescribed it to me so I'm going oh it's okay I'm trusting these 
professionals and I thought it was okay to feel dizzy and to feel nauseous and to feel all these things because I thought it was helping me and cool it suppressed my appetite but did I still binge yeah I fucking did so like it literally just like sure masked a bit of the symptoms however it was not at the cause and truly I'm grateful for everything that I've experienced because I would not be here like at all so I'm really grateful for all of those things that's kind of how I speak to like anti-anxiety medications there was a point in my life where they drugged me up and like perhaps that was exactly what I needed at the time because my beliefs were so limited that it just helped give me a little bit of a buffer and yet it didn't create any real lasting sustainable change and so I'm so glad that I bowled it up to go not this is done I'm complete with this I got to figure this out myself and for some people I think there's a time where it's like they're drowning so if it's a life raft great and then it's like hey babe we need to get you back to shore though you can't just live on the life raft yeah and I definitely felt like there were times where I was just so fucking in it and as well because with the therapy that I was doing it was bringing it all into my awareness was right here like right in front of my face and I was like okay I know you're there what do I what am I supposed to do with it how am I supposed to move through it and they gave me the option to like journal and I'm like cool I'm writing out my feelings and then again you're just bringing the picture to mind and ruminating on it over and over I didn't know how to release them and growing up I'm an only child so growing up I never I was never really surrounded by other children unless I saw my cousins which was a few times a year um I used to live on a in like a rural town so unless I was at someone else's house or something our closest neighbor was probably like a k away yeah shit so I spent a lot of time by myself are you a Um, cowgirl or a horse girl I'm a horse girl yeah you are I am how did you know (laughs) I love that for you you don't have horse girl hair though what's what does that look like for you? <laughs> for me, you have long flowy mermaidy hair if you're a horse girl or perhaps a plait like a horse's mane. Like oh, you might have a long plait. Yeah, maybe two. Have, Definitely lots of plaits throughout. Okay. I had longish hair in Prack and then I just chopped it all off. So. That's true. I love, I'm loving your look, by the way. How, how good, right? Fresh vibes. Mm. Um, yeah, so for me, because my parents weren't necessarily, even if they were there, they were usually talking about their own business. So most of the time I did kind of feel isolated to myself mm. and I didn't know how to express my emotions because I hadn't necessarily seen my parents express them mm. so for me growing up I saw a lot of cry about it for two seconds internalize it yeah and I thought how do you- mine was um don't say anything just it's evident you're mad and then fucking leave right <laughs> healthy right great, Talk, great strategies to model <laughs> yeah so obviously coming into my early adulthood I had no fucking idea how to release anything yeah. um And then it was like a journey where I thought I'll go into a dieting phase and I'll lose this weight. And maybe this is the one that works. Kind of like with men. I was like, maybe this guy will stick. And yet, babe, Taylor Swift isn't God, but she basically is. It's like, I'm the problem. It's me. Every time. Stop. It's not the diet. It's not the guy. Literally. And for me, uh, upon reflection, looking back, it's like it's nothing actually changed. The coaches that I worked with changed. And I thought, oh, it's them. Again, of course, it's Externalize out. Externalize it. Not in me. Of course, it's out there. It's the external people that are the problem. So from, let's say from age 18, I'm still with a coach now. However, I've got a couple of coaches, but they're for different things. So at the start, it was like just for fitness and nutrition. Um, mindset wasn't a thing a few years ago for me. No idea what it was. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just kept thinking it was the coaches. That's why I wasn't seeing the relationships. So then I would chop and change. And it probably wasn't until I had my first, I had this, maybe he was my first male coach. His name was Tom Hobbs. He's from Adelaide. 
And he was the very first person to introduce like ego, feminine, Mm. masculine, everything to me. And I was like, I just want to compete. I want to compete in bodybuilding. And he's like, yep, that's great. It's a great goal, but we're going to like be talking about the internal stuff. And I was like, I guess like, cool, I guess. Um, and I really wanted if we to have to. Him. Yeah, cool. I really wanted to work with him because I knew this girl who he prepped for a bodybuilding show and she looked incredible. So I'm like, oh, well, whatever he does. It's must working. Work, right? Yeah. It's working. And I remember him talking about the ego and like femininity and masculine and wounded masculine and all this stuff. And I just remember sitting here thinking like, this is really interesting, but I, I couldn't. I How was is getting- this helping my abs though? Yeah, but I was, I was like kind of getting it, but I was like, I don't really understand. This is my booty like- getting bigger from this or were you fucking wasting my time? Hold on. Can I do squats while you tell me the shit? <laughs> I was just translating into what I want to do. Um, and I remember him telling me, do you know A New Earth by Eckhart is it Tolle? Yes. Or Tolle? Yeah. He told me to buy the book. I remember buying it. I had it for two fucking years. I only finished it this year when I actually understood it. Back then. Mm. It's like, just words. Know? Over my head. I don't understand. So, and yeah, for those watching and listening, like so great to expand your horizon and the language available to you. Like I'm like, still listen to stuff that's going over your head, still read stuff that's going over your head. You'll intellectualize it and your unconscious will hang on to it. And so then when you're at the point of making sense of it and being able to embody it, you'll be like, oh fuck. And then you can go back and listen or read again, or you may find you just start living it because it's right. Like it's available to you now. Yeah. So he was the first one that I guess gave me more self-awareness and that was really, really helpful um, then I stopped that, then invested in bodyboarding coaches, whatever. I still had the same issue up until this year. So I'm 21 now. So it's been. Oh, you're like, such a baby. So young. So it's been, it was like three years. I healed it. I want to say six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually when I very, I got my very first NLP coach. Right. So yeah. So I healed it through NLP. So the void that I was talking about earlier, that, that empty feeling that I kept fucking coming back to, you know, for a long time, I thought it was men because I had a masculine wound that I hadn't healed. And, and they like, have oh. something they can f- fill a hole with. <laughs> so not it can, that hole. <laughs> can be very confusing. It is not the right hole. Not that one. You the, can do that. And <laughs> let's look at the emotional void. It was the void. It was like in my heart. It was like this empty circle and it just felt heavy, but there was nothing in it. And when I got into my first healthy relationship, I thought, this is the thing that I've been missing. Mm. Shock horror, it was not. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it was not. And through, I guess, finding my NLP coach, I met her at a a time, I literally met her at this fitness event, randomly met her. um, And it was destined, it was supposed to be. Life's funny like that when it just brings shit out of you. God, I love life. Such a ride chucks it at you i'm like who wrote this script was it me was it me could i have made it easier (laughs) next time and through that i was still battling my eating disorder however i remember it was like the first week where i would get triggered by our conversation and throughout our whole coaching process there was only one time that i binged and i didn't really recognize i guess the the thing that had come into my life which was her Hmm. and me changing did i click to realize that maybe that's what it was. I just thought oh, maybe it's just a coincidence with the timing. Really? Yeah. At that time, I wasn't aware enough. Talk to me to- about, because for those listening who might have a different picture of what triggered is and how, whether it's positive or negative or neutral, like, can you yeah. speak to why you said there was times you got triggered? So for me, with my old masculine wound, I had this massive fear of abandonment mm. and it would show up specifically in men. So I would get 
triggered even in the relationship that I was in, even though he was beautiful and he would never threaten to leave or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And yet I would create that narrative in my head. So when we would have conversations about the relationship, I would start to think, oh, and especially when it was coming to a point where I made the decision that that relationship wasn't serving me anymore. And I remember her early on asking me questions about him and I would start to get like angry and I'd be like, how is this like relating to my problem? And that's kind of when I would get a bit triggered and get a bit annoyed. And I guess it was coming back to the whole abandonment thing. Either he was going to abandon me or I was going to abandon him. And I did not want to do that. Or yourself. Yeah. Like that's what I did for years. It was like, I can be loved. I'm so lovable because I just abandoned myself and my needs and my desires and my deepest dreams to have love. And it's not really love, is it? If it makes you compromise who you are and what you desire, that's something else. So I'm glad you, you chose option of like, leave that if the alternative was leave self. Yeah. And I, cause I'm very visual. So I remember us had myself and my coach having this conversation about it. And I just remember, I don't know if it was in a dream or just very, very, very vivid visual. I imagined that I was on this cliff mm. and there was this like, fire and like a little tent and lights and it was all warm and he was there it was real cozy my dog was there it was just super cozy and like loving and then on the other side it was black like literally pitch black and there was the edge of the cliff and you could see the moonlight on the water and I was like well look it's either I'm gonna be really comfortable and in my mind I'm just gonna morph into this person Mm. who's not fucking me who is what I think he would want this ideal girlfriend and I was fucking sick of people asking me, how's he going? How, how was your business? It's never, how are you actually going? I was so fucking sick of hearing it. And I was so sick of just talking about my relationship when it's not just me and him. There is also me and there's also him. Like we're not just this one entity and it would, it was really starting to bother me. So I made the decision that it was either stay there for a long time or that cliff. And I fucking chose the cliff and I just jumped straight off it. I, I knew that I would be fine. However, at that moment, it was scary. Obviously, change can sometimes be scary because it's unknown. You don't really know what's going to happen. And I had the the old narrative come up, come up of, you, you can't abandon him. Like, he's been great to you. And like, you know what it's like to be abandoned. And like, that felt terrible for you. So you can't do that. And then, yeah, I just decided that it was, I couldn't do it. And out of all the times that I would want to binge, if my problem was the masculine, then would not that moment in my life have made me really want to reach for food? However, I didn't, and I didn't really trigger me. And that's kind of when I clicked, I was like, okay. Uh, so it's definitely not men then. Cause for a while I still believed it. And once I left that relationship, it woke me up and I was like, okay, well, it's not them. So there was something in me that I was still missing. And in that relationship, the thoughts of, I don't know who I am kept coming up. I didn't know who I was in that relationship. I didn't know the fuck I was outside of it. Like, fuck me, I'm 21. Like, that's not, I'm not old. No, you know you got I, lots of time to unravel and I find more depths of you. Yeah. And I remember leaving it and just thinking like, okay, well, I knew that there was a lack of self-love. Yeah. I knew that. I knew I didn't know who I was and the lack of self-love were the two biggest problems that I kept having to face Mm. and once I left that then I started to develop self-love and I'm like oh I can actually hold myself here I'm actually okay I'm safe and I'm there's no problem 
Yeah. So yeah. I love that. Mm. So talk to us. That was while you're working with a coach who was utilizing the techniques of NLP. Yeah. And you left that relationship. Yeah. And you saw that you could have gone back to your old patterns and you didn't. Mm -hmm. And so then you saw there was something within yourself that gave you that strength and that your coach just helped you see it. Yeah. So I always knew that I was really strong. I always had the thoughts of like, I don't know if you've ever had these, like I'm destined for something bigger. Like I've always just fucking felt it. Like I've, I'm living it. <laughs> um, I believe we all are. That's the thing. It's just yeah. about whether you choose to step into it. And like every framework is different. You can call it Dharma. You can call it purpose. You can call it picking a passion. Any framework for the world is just like, you have to choose how you want to direct your energy. If you want to live a certain way, that might be exactly what's right for you. If you know you want to make impact, like you have to decide and go all in. And so, yeah, some people feel like this remnant, like I it's something's destined or like depends on how you perceive free will. There's something in that of like, do you ever have a choice? Are you always going to be who you were meant to be? And for some people, they just know that's going to look like changing others' lives and whether that's their children or their partner or their neighbor, or whether it's a whole city or whether it's all their clients, like it's up to you what that looks like for you. I love that. I think with my coach's assistance, was I able to actually step into and realize like, I'm still learning who I am. However, I have a much larger grasp of it than I used to. Yeah. Or perhaps like another frame that I like and have found more empowering is that you're not just, you don't have to find yourself or learn yourself. You actually just create yourself. And life is endlessly unbecoming the programs and the beliefs and recreating who you are with intention, with, with decision, with certainty of like, I want this now. And like iterating yourself endlessly. Like life is about recreating yourself, I believe. I love that. Mm. there's nothing to find or where are you going to look? Like I checked under all my pillows. I checked in a lot of other people's buds. Like it's in you, you're everything that you need to be. It's about recreating and unlayering the, the limitations you've put on yourself to find more of who you are. And I believe you get to delve into that, like from the unconscious mind, Mm. changing that bridge of what's conscious to unconscious as you uncover more and more of your potential, your desires, your exploration, your felt sense, your body, your goals, all of it. And you just choose I love that. Yeah. I really like that a lot because she was the first person who introduced me into NLP. I remember like learning a bit about it off her and that really just like cracked my world open. So through finding self-love and starting and creating myself, Mm -hmm. I recognized that where I was with my eating disorder was that I was punishing myself and I was self-harming because I didn't have that love and respect that I very much have now for myself. And now that I see it, and how we're talking about dieting earlier, I just don't really have much desire because I'm like, I actually enjoy fueling my body. I enjoy eating what I want to do. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. When I train, I'm not necessarily in kinesthetic. Sometimes I am. Otherwise, I just go into my own little world. Yeah. Because uh, I don't necessarily want to feel everything that's happening, especially yeah. when it starts to be. Um, but the way I train now, it's actually because it makes me feel good and I feel... Mm during it I feel empowered I feel fucking strong like strength training is probably my favorite type of training period because it allows me to feel so fucking strong and I just feel like on top of the world when I do it and for the longest time when I used to train when I especially when I was dieting I did not feel that way I fucking dreaded training Mm. have energy like of course I didn't can I invite a possible reframe that you can choose to accept or not yep 
for me too, I found that journey of like strength made me be like, I can take on the world. Right. And like you said, I could relate to the point of like, but I'm, I'm not really feeling it. Like I remember going to see a physio cause I was having problems with my hip and my knee and they were like, well, just like contract the glute. And I was like, I'm sorry, what now? And they were like, well, you know, just like, can you, like, I had no proprioception within my, my glutes. Mm. And it was so interesting because then I'm like, well, of course, then the whole time I've just been running on my joints and like flopping down, even though I look really strong, like so much of my muscle was either completely unable to be consciously engaged and had the proprioception for, or the opposite was so hypertense because I was so used to being self-protective and ready to run. So it was so interesting having those frames presented. And what it helped me see is like, that's why I'm such a big fan of yoga and building back into my strength through really felt sense. Like, how do you feel every part? How do you contract with intention? Like, how do you use all of that movement to feel it? And like, rather than disassociating, lean into the, lean into the suck right? Like mm-hmm. I was chatting to a friend the other day. He was like, you can quote me on that. It was something about like, choose the suck or the ch- suck chooses you. I'm sure someone else in the world has framed that. Mm-hmm. And, um, like for me, I, I only train, if it hurts, then I lean into what is that? And like, mm-hmm. am I pushing my body past where it wants to go? And if you had a specific goal to be like a, a weightlifter or a bodybuilder, like you, perhaps I'm unsure of this, but perhaps you have to disassociate because the pain is so bad. And yet for me, I'd be asking, well, do I want to live in a way that I have to disassociate from an experience or will I live in a way where I can lean into every experience and learn from it? You know, like ice baths don't feel great for me. I feel it all. And I could disassociate or I can lean into the pain and like know that it's helping me expand my central nervous system to what's comfortable so that I can handle what I want to rather than like when I was in open relationships, the story I would tell was that I was expanding my central nervous system, learning a new level of what it's possible to let go of jealousy and like really open that. I thought it was expanding. And what I was doing was disassociating and ignoring what my body wanted, what my mind wanted, what my heart wanted, because I thought it was strength. Like I thought it meant I was more powerful because I didn't get jealous and get triggered by things. And what it actually meant is I just disassociated from my truth and what my authentic desires were. So it was kind of scary. And I learned that through physical training. Like I hurt myself quite bad physically training. Cause I would just push past. I could, I could do it even though I didn't have the strength for it yet. Mm. And that's where it can get dangerous. Right. So I get curious around like, should we be feeling it all or other times other than emergency where that's valuable? Like, I guess mm. that's up for each to decide. So it's very important to have mind to muscle connection, especially when you're like example in shoulder press, you want to be feeling your delts because that's what you're trying to target. Um, however, there is points I would say where, especially when people are new, that it's kind of hard for them to feel where you're, you're supposed to be feeling it. I'm going to change my words because I wouldn't say I necessarily dissociate because when I'm in it, like I can feel the whole thing. Okay. Um, no, we're just going to say I'm feeling it because there's really no other word for it. I'm changing what I said. Okay. Um, I think that, I don't know if you just said those exact words. You said something like I go somewhere else. And that's why I was wondering if it was disassociation or in my own little world, something like that. I feel like I, when I say that, I feel like I just shut my eyes because visually I don't want to. Yes. When there are people in front, I don't really want to be staring. Yes. Into someone's I'll face. often close my eyes to let go of yeah. the visual to actually feel that's more. What I meant. Yeah. yeah. And it's so great. Cause like, yes, it's it's feel it's sometimes painful and discomfort makes me recognize how strong I am and how much I can withhold. And the, it's that awareness is what someone might have told me is pain that now it's just awareness, a felt sense, like same with feeling sad or angry or whatever. I used to be so afraid of those. And when I learned to feel them, I was like, Oh, this is actually part of being human. It's pretty great. And it can move fast so I can learn from it. Yeah. 
Definitely, yeah. I don't know what it is about shutting my eyes, but it makes me feel like I can hone in or just like zone in a little bit. I think you just, you turn off one of your like internal representation systems to focus your energy and attention on others. Like I'm very much like for women who, when I'm advocating exploring their body more and coming into more felt sense in a sensual or sexual way, often it is about taking away the sight. So they're not worried about what things look like because they have all these pictures consciously and unconsciously. They're just feeling like they're just feeling. So I think that can be valuable in lots of different contexts and other times where you need to let go of the feeling more and maybe just see because people are like, if it's not a full body, fuck yes, it's a no. It's like, bitch, some things are uncomfortable. So see what you want and decide if you're willing to do it, even though it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Then I started to look into NLP coaching and I found Liz's website once and then I stumbled across, I got referred twice. So I'd okay. seen it three times. So in, yep. uh, instead of just saying Liz, I used to um, be a team member for Elizabeth Ann Walker training and coaching. That's where Rani and I met. I did a contract for them for a time. I've assisted with them. I did my training through them. I'm a big advocate for what they do and how they're creating um, and sharing these tools and skills in the world. So we're talking about Liz. We're talking about Elizabeth Ann Walker. So hey, Liz. Sorry. Yeah, context. <laughs> um, yeah, so I always knew that I wanted to help people on a larger scale. I used to think that it was through fitness because at at my journey, at the start of my journey, it was fitness was how I got into like healing myself and my eating disorder. So for the longest time, I thought it was through fitness. Health and fitness is still one of my top values. Like I still value it so highly. I think it's very important for people to move their body and be healthy and active. However, through healing my own eating disorder, did I look at it and then realize it's actually through the internal work. And I want to do that for others yeah. because that's what's happened to me. It's not just you work externally and you lose all this weight and magically you're this brand, you've created this brand new person. It doesn't necessarily work that way. For me, when I was just working externally, yes, I still was able to see results. However, once I started doing internal work, did I notice the shifts in my body were a lot faster and did I actually feel them a lot faster versus prior? Yeah. And the reason, like I said, that I got into NLP was to help people on a larger scale. So mm. specifically, I really love to work with people who have struggled with food in the past or even now because I can, well, my old part can really relate to that. Like I feel fulfilled helping all my clients, but however, that specific point is like, I love that so much. You have to find your pain point for me. Like if anyone who's working in the like healing services, like for me, you get the most impact when you're fueled the most, like your anger and your sadness are fueled into passion. And if you've lived it and you've seen how bad it can get, you're going to be potent in that space. Like for me to step into relationship coaching was like such a fearful thing because I'm like, and yet like, do I have enough evidence with this new relationship? And I'm like, bitch, you have 36 years of living and learning, of going to your rock bottom, of learning what doesn't work, of learning what does you have to share this. Like I speak so much more powerfully. Content comes out easily. I want to speak to this because it's the shit that breaks my heart the most and that I believe needs to change. And I can see and feel that for you. Like that hurt, that world, that pain that you've already experienced in your 21 years, you're like, fuck, no other woman should have to go through that. I want to give her the shortcuts out to find what's in her, like to create this powerful sense of self so she gets to be different. So she gets to love her body no matter what it looks like and then change from there, right? imagine is that right for you yeah the way life used to be it blows my mind looking back now because I just felt like I was living on airplane mode and I was trying to just get through the day and like again because with the old therapy that I was doing the image was right at the forefront of my mind all I was focusing on not binging not binging not binging not binging and then 
it would occur. And now I fast forward, I fast track to now. And it's like, I eat like majority very clean because it makes me feel good. And because I actually enjoy the way I look, I enjoy the way I feel. And like life actually gets to be fucking good. Like it doesn't just have to be airplane mode and like you just go through the days. And the dance for me is recognizing like, my belief is you go to it, like you grow and then you're like, yes. And then you end up plateauing. And that's when airplane mode comes back. If you just Mm. stay there, it doesn't matter how far you've come. You actually need to grow again. And then you plateau. It's that autopilot occurs every time you stay stagnant. Life is meant to be endlessly growing and expanding. And like, there was this past belief from so much of culture that's like, oh, your neural wiring is locked in by a certain age. And then they found neuroplasticity science and they were like, wrong. You can endlessly change your brain and you can endlessly change your body. And watching that, I was recently at a Tony Robbins conference and this guy was telling a story about this aging man. And then he's like, and that's me, I'm 70 years old. And I looked at him and I was like, I would have guessed like- 52 maybe like he was oh, smoking and he was like ripped and he was so energetic and it's like what are your beliefs around how your body gets to be as you age and how you get to feel like you get to keep growing and expanding endlessly if you want to and every time I reach dissatisfaction I go oh have I been growing and in what areas of life like have I been allowing myself to involve is there a particular area that gets to keep getting better because like for what purpose would you want to stay the same was mm. boring so where does that leave you now, my friend? And what do you see for yourself in the future? Okay, so I'm moving to Gold Coast in January. Where are you now? For those that don't know, I'm in Melbourne currently. I've been here for three years. And before that, I've just been in Victoria my whole life. So Queensland Jen- is heaven, baby. I'm so excited. Cannot recommend it enough. That's the first massive shift. Um, personal training as well will come to a end. Oh, you're done. Up. Yeah, with face-to-face. Oh, I thought you might integrate the two. So I am online, however, not face-to-face, because right now I'm in a gym in Melbourne. Okay. Um, who knows? I might yeah. in Gold Coast. I don't see that right now. You might build your knows? own thing. Who knows what's to come? Who knows? Because those two things so, need to be paired. Yeah. So some people who already have their own um, coaching in terms of health and fitness, that's fine. Then I'll just add NLP onto that. However, for some of my existing clients now, they're blended. Yeah. So the health and fitness and the NLP is integrated, which yeah, is great. great. Yeah. Great. You can't because you're like, sorry, I, I did you a disservice. Yeah. I don't believe in it anymore. Just being on its own. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, yeah. Which is really exciting. And I'm, I've made quite like quite fast moves already and I'm excited to continue yeah. to keep going. Yeah. What's your mission? Yeah. What's your why? To guide people through their own eating disorder journeys to get to where they truly want to be, which is not having a problem with food anymore and actually just stepping into your higher power, whatever that looks like for the individual. I have this vision of creating these like wellness hubs. That's the way I like to describe it and integrating health and fitness into them. However, instead of people going to or be hospitalized for eating disorders, Mm. you come to this like wellness hub where you're not forced to be there if you want to change you can go there um, where people will I think that's always the difference. I think it has, you have to desire to be there. It won't stick. Like you have to want to change. Yeah. You have to want the willingness has to be there or you might change for a time. You actually have to like, I get that there's emergency situations where loved ones are like, fucking, we need to do something and intervene yet to ultimately change. You need to intervene for yourself. You have to want it. Yeah. And I want to teach NLP 
there, like mm. try and get them to understand and make sense of what is the underlying cause of that. And that's the basis of everything, like, right? Like NLP is so great and it's like, a, it's a fusion of so many modalities and it's embedded in so many ancient cultures as it is. It's about visualizing what you want. It's about focus and energy and attention. It's about taking action. It's about changing the pictures that you hold. It's about feeling your emotions and moving through them. It's about love and connection and community. Like it's tools and techniques to help people see that they create their own reality. Like that's said by so many and it's framed these days as spiritual and wooey. And yet it's so scientific as well. It's like energy and attention go in a particular direction. So what are you aiming for? Mm. Cause it's not. And what I don't like about the medical system in terms of, especially the eating disorder area is that I know people that for them, they've placed rules on themselves. It's not, yeah. they, they an example of a rule could be like, I can't eat until I've exercised this much. I can't eat until I've burnt this much. Or mm. it was like, I have to do 10,000 steps and burn this amount of calories before I can eat. Mm. And it's like, you have created that. Who says, who says you have to fucking do that? Like the only person that's telling you is yourself. In so that piece like, that you brought to awareness for everyone earlier of like, everybody is different physically, like metaphysically, every, um, metabolism is different. Like every bone structure is different. That's what I loved about studying biomedical yoga. They were like, look, a lot of the ancient traditions were done by men, small Indian men. Like you have broad hips, like you're a woman, you have breasts, you have different hormones through your body. This is going to look and feel different for you. So it's so great that you already have this awareness too for yourself that like everybody's going to need to be different and the beliefs that they hold are going to be different. Mm. And it's also too, like, why would we want to be like someone else either? Ugh. Like Ew. for me, for in, the, in the past, for the longest time, I used to compare yeah. on social media. But she looks like that and she she eats that. And then once I got educated and even some clients now when they come to me with, a, if they're comparing and they open up to me about it, hmm. then I will share and explain they are so different. Yeah. You do not know what is going on in the back end. Like how much are they exercising? Like what is their- What's their genetic history? Like yeah, all you of don't, that. You don't, you don't know. And for some people, like- if you look at like elite athletes in terms of um, powerlifting or like bodybuilding, some people, it comes down, who whoever, whoever wins, sometimes it can come down to the smallest thing like genetics. Mm. So the other like, thing for me is like, do you want their lifestyle? Like I remember I used to watch the CrossFit games and be like, maybe I want to do that. Like I fucking loved CrossFit and that I still love strength-based stuff and I'm excited to be moving into it in a healthy way again. And yet it was like, I saw the sacrifices they made and I was like, hard no. Like my other values need to take priority there. Like Matt Fraser talking about his training regime. I'm just like, do you want to put the effort in essentially? And like, for me, there's certain things that I'm like, actually my other values are more important to me than that to create that experience. So comparing yourself to someone on social media who may just be loving the gym and loving going as much as she does, or maybe it has to do with how much sleep she gets, or maybe it has to do with whatever. Like it's also could be the choices that he or she is making that you might choose differently for yourself. So like, be really honest with what you want and how you want to get it. Like, what are you willing to pay the cost for? Yeah. I, I, agree with that so much especially like clients who for example have desk jobs um and you know might be more sedentary than someone who's active or a tradie or whatever someone like me who's on my feet most of the day and i'm quite active versus someone who's at a desk job obviously the amount of food depending on our goals will be different the amount of steps that we do will be different so it's like you really need to look at what do you want like know the goal and know the outcome that you actually want and are you are you willing to put in the work because most of the time people want the goal yeah. and then when 
the, the work part of it, it's like all too hard. Yeah. It's the same with business, right? It's like, well, how much do you want to put in? And I keep evaluating that for myself. And like, I believe you can have it all and perhaps not all at the same time. Like there's going to be ebb and flow. So for me, my priorities right now is like relationship and family as I build my business in a particular way, whereas others might take off in a other direction because that's their business is their top priority to create what they want next. So I love that recognition of like really being authentic to your own values. And as you dig deeper, I think you're doing master prep coming up. Is that right? Um, so, great. Yep. So you'll see like how you can go into people's unconscious values and help rewire that even more deeply for them to help them see, like they might say a certain thing and yet what's unconsciously there for them. So it's exciting for you to be able to support your clients better and better all the time. Yeah. I love that. So what are you doing when um, you get to Queensland? How can people find you? What, if they want to connect with you, what would that look like? So my Instagram is the dot Rani Curry. So T H E dot R-A-N-I-C-U-R-R-Y. So predominantly most things are done via Instagram. Yeah, the gram is um, it. The gram, the gram is it. That's gram where I am, it. where I live. Um, if you have any questions or inquiries, literally just reach out and we can just have a chit chat. Um, I'm more than happy to go for a stroll as well. I love being outside. Yay. So that's as well. I'm excited um, to see what you create because I could see you doing some awesome stuff on the Gold Coast. Uh, yeah, I've got some ideas, some seeds there. Yes. Um, and I know that I'll travel back and forth to Melbourne uh, to run retreats at my family home, which would be cool. Um, but yeah, who knows? Who knows what I'll do on the Gold Coast? Only you know. You get to decide. I know. I'm excited. So if you could give our listeners one piece of advice, one really potent truth for you, or maybe two, what would that be? The first thing that's coming to mind is just fucking do it mm. and just invest in yourself. Oh, another one that comes to mind in, ter- in terms of the body, it's like if you look at it that you only have one vessel this entire lifetime, how do you want to treat it and how do you want to live in it? Because mm. I don't want to one day and wake up and I'm 50 and I fucking hated for 50 years the body that I lived in. Learn to love it. There's things that you can change, yes, but look at why you are changing those things and what does that come down to. Mm. I love that. Well, thanks yeah. for doing the work that you do, for being a boss bitch who's standing in certainty and confidence. Like I remember seeing you take off right after and moving into the mindset space and just being like, girl. And you were like, life's too short not to be certain and confident. Like I'm here for it. I'm learning that in my own ways continually, endlessly more and more. So thank you for being a stand for what it looks like to make massive change and to believe in yourself so that others can believe in themselves. Because that's what this work's all about, right? Like borrow yeah. someone else's belief and certainty until you hold it yourself. And the coach is there to inspire you, to empower you, to see your power and how awesome you are. Mm, I fucking love that. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming and playing. I'm excited to be doing the podcast again and to be hosting such awesome people. So thanks for being here. Anytime. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to another episode. If it resonated with you, like it, share it with a friend or share it on your socials. And you can find me on my socials at Veronica Jane underscore on Instagram or at Veronica Jane on Facebook. I look forward to connecting with you further.